What if you did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if you did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work? Well, without further ado and all that, I have to say, having you on as a guest, it's definitely I'm honored and privileged to have you, Randy. Uh, I'm going to have you introduce yourself because I, I know you're the man, you're the myth, you're the legend. You you write books, you're a social media influencer, even though you're not on social media. I, I consider you too to be social media, though. Introduce yourself to the, to the crowd, the audience, the listeners out there. Well, I guess at my core essence, I would say I'm a writer because I'm happiest when I'm hunched over my laptop in my lonely writer's garret writing my next blog post or my book. <laughs> uh, and what I'm fascinated with is the principles of prosperity. And so that's kind of been what my work has been about for the last 30 some years. You know, when it comes to prosperity and all that, the one thing, though, I mean, I only have one book or one in a quarter because I'm in the midst of writing the second book. And it was always that feeling of just unworthiness. Of, well, there's so many books out there based on overcoming fear or there's so many. It, it's always that, well, there's enough out there. And really, there's there's never enough. There's clearly abundance because, I mean... Every day, there's a brand new cookbook, an Italian cookbook being sold not only by celebrity chefs and all that, but just random people. Yeah, it's funny. The, um, the category my books go into is like how to self-help. So the death star in that category is diet books and cookbooks. <laughs> so if you want to hit the New York Times bestseller list, you do not want to come out the week that there is a new celebrity diet book or a new celebrity cookbook because, you know, people that's they're just the, the planet killers. <laughs> well, people say they want change and they're tired of being tired. But just if, if, if you and I went to any Barnes and Noble anywhere in this country, two stories, books like, you know, from top to bottom, but you have like one little shelf of self-help, personal development. And, and you're right. It's like everything from how to meditate to being in gratification to living your best life. You have that. And then the other little section is like the how the business books, how, how to get out of debt and all that. And everything else is fiction. And it's like, to me, I've always been, why don't you, instead of living in fantasy, if you're tired of being tired, why can't you just pick up one of these books or why can't you just watch a video like one of your videos on YouTube and just get out of that mindset? You know, for a lot of people, they don't actually know those kind of books exist because they've never been exposed to them. In my case, I remember um, I was like... Uh, 20 years old, and I got involved in direct sales, right? An Amway guy sponsored <laughs> me into Amway. 
So of course he's picking me up and taking me to a meeting and, you know, so we're riding in his car and this guy is just droning on and on on the radio. So I say, what station are you listening to? You know, where's the music? This guy just keeps talking. (laughs) He said, there's no music. That's Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm like, who is he? What does he sing? He's like, no, he doesn't sing. He does personal growth. I'm like, what is that? So, you know, I had been on this planet for 20 revolutions around the sun. I And I was a voracious reader. I attribute my success as an adult to the fact that I fell in love with reading as a child. But I was reading the Hardy Boys and Agatha Christie and uh, uh, Nancy Drew mysteries and whatever. Um, And I didn't know. though. So it was only because of my exposure to people in direct selling that I learned about as a man thinketh and think and grow rich and the magic of thinking big. And I'm still astounded to this day. I meet people who are 30, 40, 50, and they don't know that kind of stuff is out there because that's not what they're showing on Fox News Channel. That's not what they're writing about in the Washington Post. That's not what pop culture is celebrating. It's, you know, I just got a a, a signal from my friend Art Jonak today. Um, we're both kind of admirers of Peter Thiel and what he's done with PayPal and some of his stuff. Oh, so sure. there's a new book out, you know, revealed how this, you know, I mean, and the clickbait in this headline is just, you know, revealed how this very rich man gamed the system and cheating on his taxes and what, you know, and that's the stuff people are exposed to all day, every day. So they don't even know that other stuff, you know, Elon Musk, here's a guy trying to take humanity to Mars and look at how much he gets attacked. So um, but, it's but kind that's, of a, that's all the anti-prosperity, if, if you ask me, because yeah. I remember literally like when Howard Schultz was doing his exploratory unthinking of running for president. And all of a sudden, people were acting and treating like this man was Ted Bundy. I mean, he literally is like, no, I'm not running for president. And it's like a self-made billionaire who, who solved the problem. Well, he created the dilemma that, hey, we all, and, and it taps into significance. We all want to be seen. And what better place than at Starbucks paying $6 for a cup of coffee? Now, he didn't hurt anybody in that aspect. He didn't, he didn't force anybody, hey, buy my cup of coffee. But all of a sudden, it was like the audacity. How can that guy want to run for president? And it's always, to me, it's always been that scarcity. Well, his billions that he, he earned, he must have taken from the poor. He must have taken it from the middle class. He must have hurt somebody. And it, it's just mind blowing how, how if people live in abundance and live in prosperity, just the doors are completely wide open. Yeah, the there is just there's so much. I mean, you've seen my books. I mean, a, a lot like the last book, Radical Rebirth. I really break down what I think are the six most important categories in life. Right. God and religion, work and career, money and success, health and wellness. 
And then I look at the mind viruses in each category, the poor, negative, limiting beliefs. Money is bad. Rich people are evil. It's spiritual to be poor. You got to sell your soul to be successful in business. These are all mind viruses that a couple billion people at least are infected with. And so they don't even know. So they on this conscious level, they want to become wealthy because let's be real. Poverty sucks. It's miserable. It's <laughs> I, terrible never, to be poor. I've never heard anybody go, hey, you know what? I've, I've been poor, ge- generational poor. You know, my great grandfather's poor and all the way up. And you know what? This is amazing. I, I, I love living, living with, you know scarcity. This is, this is impressive. Hey, everybody come on down, but you're, you're absolutely right. right. So consciously they say, yeah, I want to get wealthy. I would like to be rich, but subconsciously no, they keep sabotaging themselves because they believe to become on a subconscious level. They believe to become wealthy. They're going to have to turn into an evil person. And that's what causes so much self-sabotage. So whether it's Peter Thiel, Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, The Rock, you know, uh, Meryl Streep, anybody who's at a high level of success, they are going to want to. We have a whole ecosystem designed to tear them down. And what's what's funny is it is bipartisan. It's not because, you know, some people, well, I hate that person, that successful person because, you know, they're liberal. But it has nothing to do with being liberal or conservative or nothing to it, because you, we, we can grab we can do a who's who on both sides of the fence or people that aren't even political at all. And, yeah, you're right to get a lot of hate. And, you know, they're, well, there's a checklist. These are the reasons why I don't like the person, but they'll never focus on any of the reasons. Well, hey, you know, this person came from poverty or this person overcame great obstacles. All those people and anybody that we see, they all have a story and we've all overcome that. But yet, you know, it's still like, oh, no, I, I hate that person. And it's 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 right because they feel or the of the masses feel that prosperity, prosperity in any aspect, whether it's an abundance of just feeling good about yourself. And I mean, knowledge is power. And just think, okay, let's say somebody is poor and they want to get out of it, or they're just middle-class and they're stuck. They're tired of being tired. All, all your stuff, you can watch an abundance of your videos. We can watch videos for free on, on YouTube on some of the greatest leaders, some of the greatest speakers, some just not we right now we're in the renaissance of knowledge. But yet, you know, people are instead focused on either hating or focused on stuff that will never push them towards a goal. It's just like this continuous cycle, just hating the hate. Yeah. And I can't handle that. I can't lose my mind over that i have to be stoic about it because i don't control that Mm -hmm. i can put up a video and i can say hey i was really pretty poor i was really poor and now i'm really wealthy here's what i did here's what's working for me and here's what's not working for me and i know that there is a audience of people who appreciate that work and they will come to view it and they'll share it 
And I also know I don't uh, run ads on it. I don't monetize it. So YouTube isn't going to put me in their algorithms. There's somebody else who just made a video of a cat riding on a vacuum cleaner <laughs> and ads or a dog on a surfboard or a rabid COVID-19 conspiracy theory. And YouTube is going to feed that to the top of the algorithms. The machine learning is Learn what, you know, pushes people's hot buttons. And that's going to get 7 million views by the time uh, my video gets 500. And I have to say, okay, that's, that's, that's not my market. Okay. The people who are with the tinfoil hat or the people who want to spend six hours a day watching uh, prank falls off of fences and dogs riding surfboards and whatever. Okay. That's, that's their choice. So we all make our own choices. We all live with our own choices. I, I got enough problems running my own life. I don't, I'm not going to try and run anybody else's. <laughs> well, it's funny because I had this one person, I was just post, I post videos for years on Facebook on, you know, trying to move the needle, trying to create positivity in this world. And the person just started randomly DMing me, well, you're, you're not getting hundreds of likes. You're not getting, thousands of comments. Nobody watches this. This is stupid and this and that. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing this for the likes. I'm not doing this for the kudos. If, if that was the case, like what you said, I'd, I'd go out somewhere. I'd, I'd pay like people 20 bucks to hit each other in the balls or whatever, or this new crate challenge, all that. If, if it's about views and all that, I, I, I could just hire a beautiful woman in a bikini and we can do videos together. And yeah, that would get the cyber hugs, the thrills, the, the hugs, YouTube sensation and all that. But at, at the end of the day, what, what has, what has that served? I mean, I, I know a lot of people say we should be in a life of service, but I honestly don't think posting a video of a squirrel on skis or, you know, a, a dog eating peanut butter or people getting punched in the nuts or, you know, I, I don't know if with that service. Well, that that's that's not my definition of being in service. <laughs> right. And we you know what, if there's you know, if it's a comedic relief for somebody for five minutes, great. You know, I see videos that are funny and I laugh at them. I'm OK with that. I'm not on a mission to rid the world of dogs eating peanut butter on video. Um but I also recognize, OK, I'm mindfully have to curate the content that I allow to influence me. I have to become the thinker of the thought and choose my thoughts, not allow the data sphere to program them into me. And so that's really the journey that we're, we're all about, I think, is we have to Make that choice and, and recognize. And, you know, it's not about saving the world and protecting everybody. You can't do that. Everybody, you know, they're all big kids. They can make their own choices. And the best, you know, like the the Facebook streams and that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a marketer. I've been a marketer all my life. Right. That's I started, you know, with in the restaurant business and in direct selling. And then I as a speaker and consultant and coach and author, you know, if you're an author, you better know how to sell books because the publisher is not going to sell your books. You're going to have to promote your books. Right. So I've learned how to be a great marketer and I've made millions of dollars as a marketer. 
But I also feel like there is a social responsibility that comes with that platform that I've been given. My friend Naomi Rodi calls it the privilege of the platform, right? So I have a platform. I have spoke to more than 2 million people across 50 countries, right? I have 13, 14 books now. They're all our bestsellers. Um, so I have a platform. And, you know, there was a time where I thought it was just about the views, the clicks, the money, the sales. And then as you, you know, as you mature, you start to say, hey, you know, it's not about success. It's about significance. And I would like the fact that I was on this planet when I'm gone. I'd like the fact that I was here, did something to alter the trajectory of the universe, even one one hundredth of a millimeter. I did something good. So you you realize, OK, it's it's I want my work to have meaning. Hopefully, I mean, to me, that's the that's the goal of that last book, Radical Rebirth. I think it's kind of the some the, the culmination of my work for the last couple of decades where uh, it's about becoming to me life. The, 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 the joy, the journey, the adventure in life is becoming the highest possible version of yourself. When, but it's an ongoing process, wouldn't you say? You, you'll never be at the, the summit, the top, because exactly. guys, guys like you and I <clears throat> are wired to always strive for more, always be a better version of yourself, always reinventing yourself. I'm not, you and I are not the same people, not, not even on a cellular level that we were five years ago. We're exactly. always constantly evolving. exactly, but there are a lot of people though. Even though all their cells have changed molecularly, <laughs> they're still the person they were five years ago, right? I have friends who they just have their data dump, right? It's their story of tragedy and woe and trauma and drama, and I can go three years and not see him. And then I run into him and, you know, we grab a coffee somewhere and they tell me the same story that they told me three years ago, which is the same story they told me five years ago because they're living in victimhood and they're not willing to move ahead. They haven't made that commitment to becoming that higher version of themselves. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's, you're never done. You know, the, the premise of that book I mentioned is that you don't have to kill yourself. Let's say you have a horrible life. You hate yourself. You don't have to kill yourself. You can kill off the parts of you that you don't like. And that allows you to work on and develop the parts you do like. And you that's why I call it a rebirth, a radical rebirth. And, you know, my friends you know, when they're joking, they'll say, well, so is Randy on his fourth midlife crisis or his fifth? Because I can't keep up with him. And, you know, they think they're trolling me. But I love that because I hope I have another five midlife crisis before I leave this planet. Right. Because that means I'm on that journey, becoming that highest possible version of myself. Now, you just said you've had you you have friends three five years later and no change no growth and all that. Now does that now to me that's mind blowing. That's like saying okay I've got 
this renowned coach, speaker, and all that, that can, if, if I listen to him, if I pick his brain for like five minutes, things will change. I, I, I am committed to change and change. Does that just mind boggle you that you know people that on a personal level that never ask you or never seek to change or never, hey, how do I start this journey? I'm tired of who I am right now. What can I do? Well, I have a lot of people who say to me, hey, I'm tired of this journey. How do I restart? I get that a lot. Um, It's usually not sincere. It's usually eyewash that they're selling themselves Mm -hmm. and they're looking for me to give them excuse to stay the way they are, to propose some drastic program that they could say is unreasonable. And so they're just, I don't understand that their situation is unique and they're a victim and there's no hope for them. Uh, as far as the, the, the rest, I mean, I have five or six real friends. Okay. The other people are, I'm I have relationships with, I'm the colleagues with them. I play softball with them. I attended a church with them. I'm in an association with them. Um, But, you know, I, I probably, you know, I've been playing softball for 21 years and I was thinking, wow, this would be great. I'm going to be hanging out with a bunch of guys who are health conscious and exercise and, you know, it's the exact opposite. They're a bunch of beer drinking, smoking, you know, partying animals. And so in, it's like 21, 22 years I've been playing softball <laughs> over that. And so <clears throat> at one point I was on, in five leagues a week, you know, playing five days a week, six days a week. So I have probably played softball with 2,000 different guys in South Florida. and. How many of those 2,000 guys you think bought one of my books for $15? I would say it's less than three. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the best part is even if you're like, hey, here, uh, you know, the start of every season. Hey, I, was, I was just going to say there, there's five or six. No, there's more. There's 10 or 15 that I've given them a book because I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's in such a bad state. He really, you know, let me take him a book. Listen, look at this chapter three. This is all about where you're at. You know, they're not going to read that book because they got it for free. They have no skin in the game. And I just realized, OK, no one is a prophet in their own hometown. So, you know, I have people in Russia say, my God, let's pay him $75,000 to come and give a 45-minute keynote speech. His tongue is golden. The wisdom drops from his mouth like rainfall. And this is a bargain. We're going to pay him 75 grand. His ticket is going to be 15 grand and two grand for the hotel. And what? And but the guys in play softball with is that's Randy. Come on, he's on my team. You know, <laughs> it's oh, I trust. Trust me, I, I I get it. I they'll always um, the people I grew up with. Majority of them, oh, you know, they'll give me the cyber hug or the kudo or ah, good job or or how's the book coming? How are sales? It's it's like it's a personal development book. It's it's not fiction, and it, but they'll always be like it, even if you give them advice. 
they feel like, oh, I don't need that coaching. I don't need all that. Or, okay, Tony Robbins and this and that. It's like, no, I'm just giving you advice friend to friend. You, you can't force people onto that journey. It's, it's funny because I'm, I have, for the past 20 years, I've been on a personal development journey. I've been on a business journey and all that. But when it comes to that, like growing up, my mom was a firm believer of it is what it is. To this day, she's, are you going to another Anthony Roberts um, thing? She, she, she can't say Anthony Robbins for some odd reason. So it's Anthony Roberts, or she'll be like, oh my gosh, you're reading another book or you're going to another seminar and all that. Do you know the only people that get better from that or the only people that excel or the people that are selling you all that bullshit? Oh, and by the way, my mom's never, never heard a podcast, never read my book, but you know, everybody keeps on asking me, has she read the book? And it's like, no, because, and that's fine because not everybody it's like we, we said earlier, not everybody is on that journey. Not everybody believes in it. And you can't, you can love a person, but you can't force a person to grow. You can't say, you need this. They have to say, hey, I need this. I'm tired of who I am. I'm tired of things in order to, for, for change to happen. Yeah, it's um, to me, it's just. Enlightenment, you you know, you you got to get on a path of enlightenment. And a lot of people don't know that path is available because there's an, you know, the it doesn't help Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those social media platforms. If you decide you don't want to feed your mind garbage and you'd like to be on a path of growth and adventure. Um, that's not their business plan. Their business plan is they need to get you angry and they need to scare you. Well, you're, you're on it longer. If I was a guy that posted nonstop, my political views, like some people like, you know, seven, eight posts on what, whether I love Donald Trump, I love Joe Biden. It doesn't matter. That guy's getting the views. That guy's getting the time that that guy more than likely is going to click on this paid advertisement. That guy, that that guy is moving the needle for Mark Zuckerberg when it comes down to the quarterly because he's the person. That's the person that that you want. Clearly, if we were all in it just to post pictures of family, friends, and events, then Facebook wouldn't be such a multi-billion-dollar corporation that's growing at a fast clip. Yeah, it's social media and the traditional media. They the business model has changed, right? You're how old are you? I'm I'm 48, but believe it or not, I was I was a former journalist. In, okay, in my so you're 48 and a former journalist. So you remember when you grew up, we had the, you know, the FCC said, okay, NBC, ABC, CBS, we're gonna give you the license to be a public broadcaster. But to do that, you're going to have to deliver a certain amount of hours of public affairs programming. So they said, yes, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the news every night, 30 minutes of national news, and then 30 minutes of local news, our affiliates will do, or we'll do an hour, and then we'll have a Sunday morning public affairs show. And they had Walter Conkright, Walter Conkright, Cronkite. Cronkite. And, you know, Roger Mudd and Chet, whatever his name was, and Peter, 
uh, what's the Canadian guy, the Peter Peter Jennings. Peter Jennings, right? They had all, they were all old white men, but they were all old white men who controlled the narrative and they reported on the news. And the networks lost money on that, but that was okay. We could lose money for that one hour a day of news because we had 23 hours where we could sell garbage, soap operas all day and trauma, drama, crap all night and reality TV, right? But when Ted Turner started CNN and the whole day was news, this required a different business model because there was no way to pay for the news because it was only news. So news realized, well, we need to sensationalize a little if we're not going to get viewers. We need to push some emotional buttons. We And they, this has evolved. It started, I can look out my window here. I'm in an island between uh, Miami and Miami Beach, and I can see WSVN, Channel 7. As you probably know, they were like the pioneer of if it bleeds, it leads. And they Shock started down. that. Yeah. Um, they started that trend nationally. That started right over there where I can see them. Yes. And, shocking, um, shocking, shocking news is what yes. And so the business model change was we have to scare you and or outrage you. We have to create fear and sensationalism. Otherwise, people don't watch. Otherwise, they don't read the newspaper. They don't pick up the magazine. They don't read the blog, blog post. They don't listen to the podcast. So that changed the game forever. So now you have to, you know, as you know, I, I'm, it's more than a month ago. I just said, that's it. I'm done with social media. I've got 150,000 followers on Twitter and I've got 150,000 on Instagram or whatever. And you know, I don't I shut them all down because I and for you, you know, parents listening in the car, you got your kids in the car, plug their ears right now because I'm about to use a bad word or maybe you can bleep it or edit it when you do your <laughs> um, we're, we're all honest. We're all truthful. I, it, it's all organic. You, you can cuss. Right. I'm not Fred well, Rogers. All right. So they're warned, right? The the reality is, if you play dumb fucking games, you win dumb fucking prizes. Amen. And so we all have to play games, right? If you're if you want to get married, you're going to have to play the dating game. If you want to launch a startup, you're going to have to play the woo the investors game. If you want to write a best selling book and have impact with it, you're going to have to play the do the publicity tour game. Right. So I think life is about mindfully choosing what are the games you want to play, the games that have the rewarding prizes. And so I just looked at me, you know, and I've always said if I didn't write books, I would have never been on social media because I'm a loner to begin with. The idea of, you know, going on Facebook and saying, hey, I made spaghetti and meatballs tonight. Here's a picture. <laughs> I would be the last person in the world who would ever do that, you know, but, you know, you a publisher says, OK, we've got your book proposal. What are you going to do to promote it? And I learned, OK, I better learn how to do this social media stuff. And I did. And I've been, you know, really successful. at. It. But I just got to a point where I said, this is just a dumb fucking game. And I don't want any more of these dumb fucking prices. I'm going to. 
Uh, I'm going to keep writing my books and just trust that the people who are meant to read them will find them. And now, was it, do- was it tough, though, giving up um, social media? Because they say it's addictive. It's very addicting. And I- it's very addictive. It's very tough. I was shocked at how often, you know, because we have uh, circadian, circadian rhythms, like you can concentrate on something for about 50 minutes, then your mind needs a break. So I would write for 50 minutes, then I would go to social media. I'd write for 50 minutes, then I would go to social media. I watch something on TV, then I go to social media. I had no, and, and I thought I was really mindful about it. But when I left, I realized how much I had been addicted to that. And how distracted and unfocused I had become with TikTok videos and 280 character tweets. I just realized, man, I can't watch a two hour movie. I, I, I have to get up and, you know, my attention span can't do that anymore. I've trained my mind to think in such short spurts. Um, so it's been a process of retraining my mind. And I just feel like I'm thinking so much clearer at such a higher level. And I have such a I'm doing work right now. I just think it's the best work I've ever done in my life. And I attribute that to leaving social media. Well, I can't wait to read it and watch it on YouTube. But I, I mean, I, I, I lie to myself just like everybody else. And it's always, well, it will only be five minutes. I only need to check up on something on right. social media. Like, like we act like I act like rapture might be happening right now. If I don't pick up my phone and check on everybody's status or yep. oh, something devastating might be going on, but you know, being 40, 48, I've, I've lived 37 years or so of my life without social media. So I know what the world was like before it. Now I don't Now I, I know the, the serotonin and the dopamine and all that because it's proven it, it there's, there's been studies on it and it, it, it actually gets people lazier because they're how about if, if I was going to write my first book already on the second book, but I posted, Hey everybody, I'm getting ready to start on this on my journey, on my new book, this book is going to be a bestseller. Well, everybody's going, oh, congratulations, Omar. You are a rock star. You have it in you. This is going to be great. This is going to be New York Times. Well, my my brain thinks I, I already accomplished that because I got all the affirmations. Yeah. I got all the love from social media. My, my blood, my body, everything feels like I'm a winner. So what's my motivation going to be? And, and a lot of people do that. And I, I tell people all the time, instead of posting, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just do it. Just like what Nike would say, just do it. Just shut the fuck up. And when, when you're done, then, hey, go, go for the accolades, go, go for the participation trophy. But so many of us feed into that because uh, this world now revolves around, well, how many followers do you have? How many likes do you have? Uh, what? What did you have for dinner? And I, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of us older people, we don't take pictures of food because we remember a time that film was expensive. It was a tedious process. You took 36 pics. You had to go to Eckerd's or Walgreens. 
you had to get it developed. If you were a big spender, you could get it next day for you know a substantial amount of money. So could you imagine, hey, I, I got this Kodak roll. I'm going to take a picture. This is the pasta. This is the pizza I had. Oh, hey, look, 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 look at look at this cute little building or hey, look at this. And, and that's that's why to me, I mean, my kids are 16 are getting ready to turn 16 and 14. They're in the world of social media. So, yeah, they're used to it. But to me and, and like anybody our generation and older, it's like, why, why, why do if I don't care what such and such is eating, he could be the most famous person. He, he can be the president of the United States. I could care less what his lunch is. Why, why do I feel the need to, oh my gosh, I, I wonder what Omar Madrano is doing right at this second. What is he eating and at what restaurant? It's crazy. <laughs> so, so is then your your new platform just going to be you're you're, you're going to do your content on YouTube, right? and you 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 go live. Actually, I'm do, you know it's my I'm doing my podcast, and then we rebroadcast it on YouTube, and I still do my blog occasionally, and um, I've got my email newsletter. So the I'm connecting really with people through my email newsletter, and that's what I'm going to do moving forward. But that that's that's a positive message. That's not only that, but I mean, if if you want to know people living in victim mode, social media right there is like 100 percent victim mode. Oh, I, my my relationship status is complicated or he's my soulmate. And then like two months later, she's with a different guy. And can can please can people please send me positive vibes because my cat and it's another day and it, it is a lot of a lot of drama and nobody we all feed into it because if you're playing a victim mentality you're going to feel ex- just a little bit better because somebody gave you a hug on social media or somebody gave you acknowledgement and instead of just saying hey why don't i quit having my my pity party let me put the violin down and and let me get up and you know move on my merry way because we we've all we've all hit rock bottom we've all had not I, I don't say failures we we've all had learning experiences yeah and that's it you know it's how we choose to respond to them true true so is there another book coming down from the pipeline or uh, yes I will write probably a book every year. So I'm That's juggling four or five possibilities right now, and I haven't decided which one is going to be the next. I I just uh, yeah, it's still in, in my mind like how like you're playing softball with all these guys or just people busting you because everybody loves to bust balls, but it, it just goes to show you you can you can have proximity, and you can still be like, well, hey, my life sucks. It is what it is. My circumstances are different, and I, I'm I'm stuck with it because, and to me, I, I I'm sure you would agree. Is is there any brand new circumstances that have hasn't been played out out there in this universe? <laughs> Not many, that's for sure. It's uh, you know, go watch a Puccini opera from a couple of centuries ago, and it's kind of the same plot line you're going to see happening on. 
uh, soap opera or telenovela today. And humans haven't changed in the sense of the basic, you know, human needs and the basic victimhood stuff. So, well, even William Shakespeare was writing Boy Meets uh, Romeo and Juliet. That's still the same formula we lose. Back to uh, Joseph Campbell, the mythical stuff from 2000 years ago. It's still that same stuff. So humans are humans and we. Well, let me not affirm that. Let's just say not everybody has found their path toward enlightenment yet. And. That's, uh, you know, best thing we could do is model the behavior and be the example. And hopefully we'll inspire other people to do the same. Well, it's all, always about moving the needle, because if you if you think about it, I mean, everybody said, if only I had more time and the universe, God, the U.S. government, the world gave everybody, what, 90 days, 100 days of all that free time. So what stop people from losing weight from uh, reading books, self-help books would stop people from becoming a better husband, better wife would stop people from writing that book that they always wanted to write, uh, finding, finding a new passion. It's just, we always try to say, if only we had more time and time is, there's no, there's, I, I mean, I know I was born July 24th, 1973. I don't know what my end date is, but shouldn't we live every day? Like it might be because it might be our last day on earth. It is. And speaking of time, I'm out of it at the moment. No That's problem. No problem. Thank, pressing thank appointment, but I love to end on that note that I, I do. Cause you know, I have been shot and left for dead. So I do celebrate every day, every sunrise, every sunset. And I know that, you know, and I, I've got to tell you, at my age now, I, the funerals that I've attended and, and during COVID, the funerals that I couldn't attend. But the I've had like 11 people that I know die in the last two years. Um, so we really don't know when that last day is. And you just, you got to live every day. Like it could be your last. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the time. It, it means a lot because, uh, you're, you're up there when it comes to personal development, when it comes to spiritual growth and all that. So Randy, thank you for the time. Thank you for the opportunity. I'll keep on following you on YouTube. Love you, brother. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Peace, everybody. I never told no one that my whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition To start a business But before I even started I feel like it's finished You got a vision And let me say I don't care if they're your blood Got the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life You gotta change the way you think The thoughts in your mind Is the boss of your life Nothing but good vibes Every day I'm thinking like What if it did what if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. Don't
this prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.